You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I'm very excited about today because today is going to be doing the kind of stuff that I love to do um, because the, um, the drills and whatnot start Thursday, which is when you'll be listening to this. Um, I want to make sure we know what we're looking at. And so, obviously, you don't want to go to the media people because they're going to be doing backflips every time, every time, you know, every every time anybody does something crazy. You know, it's funny, I was thinking about this. I saw somebody post, you know, because it's combine time, people want to look at who did great combine stuff, and, and they I've been seeing a lot of Anthony Richardson. And it's funny because every, th- this time last year, Anthony Richardson was all anybody could talk about. You couldn't go... Four minutes without hearing about Anthony. When was the last time you heard Anthony Richardson's name? Now, maybe that's unfair because he got hurt, but seriously, how many, how many times have you heard when you're talking about quarterbacks, you know, MVP odds or teams that are going to win it all next year or whatever that you heard about Anthony Richardson? Is anybody talking about that? Nobody gives a crap. So essentially what the combine is, is, and it, don't get me wrong, it's fun. It's fun to see guys that are really tall and have really long arms and jump really high and run really fast. But the fact of the matter is we have a lot of data on this stuff, and we already know as a general rule, like, well, this stuff doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. It absolutely matters. There is a correlation between how the guy, these guys perform and what that means for their NFL success. The problem is it's not just the more the better equally across all things. Some of them are irrelevant. Some of them are relevant. And it changes based on position. Every position is different. Certain drills matter more than others. The other interesting dynamic is how much the drills impact when you get drafted. And sometimes there's a massive difference. And it's, it's funny, but also somewhat pathetic to see. And this is where you, know, you kind of chuckle as somebody that has, uh, let's say, profound respect for the stats and analytics community. Because when you look at these guys that are, you know, typically more film purists, they make their decisions based on what they see on the film, which is, don't get me wrong, things like elite speed, which theoretically is great. And so they draft really high because they have elite speed. The problem is we've already come to the conclusion for some uh, positions that speed has no impact. In fact, for example, with running backs, it's a slightly negative correlation between 40 time and NFL success. But if you run a really fast 40, it is going to absolutely make a massive impact on how high you're drafted. Because that's that's sort of the disconnect between the film community and the data community. 
The film community looks at a guy and says, man, he has these great attributes. But the data is where you would come in and say, okay, now how did these attributes contribute to success? Rather than just assuming, obviously, faster is better, taller is better, stronger is better. Have you looked at it? Apparently not very much, because if you did, there's no way that 40 time would have such an unbelievably high correlation to when you get drafted, despite having no correlation to success in the NFL. But anyways, those are the things that I want to go through today. I primarily want to focus on uh, the work Kevin Cole did. However, for whatever reason, he avoided quarterbacks. And so for that, I want to use the uh, Sumer Sports, Summer Sports. I still don't know. I should just message them so I can... Like, how do I say the stupid name of your website? But uh, Tej Seth uh, wrote an article and he covered quarterbacks. So I'll use them for quarterbacks and then uh, we'll move on to... Uh, what Kevin Cole did. So, so first of all, one of the things I wanted to mention is, is age as sort of a baseline is always a very large negative. It's one of the biggest negatives, no matter what. I was very surprised to see that at least for quarterbacks, there is something that has more importance than age and it's broad jump. So if you're looking for what to look for in a quarterback, broad jump has the highest correlation. Now, obviously when quarterbacks are I'm guessing this is probably why Kevin Cole left it out, because most of this is probably useless, because the, the athletics have very little to do with your ability to play quarterback. But broad jump has had the highest correlation. The next highest is a negative, which is age. And age is always a big one. And I'm shocked that broad jump is actually higher. But um, so broad jump is 0.26 positive. Age is 0.21 in the negative. Three cone is the next biggest, and there is a negative correlation. Then weight, then 40, negative correlation, then height, vert, and then shuttle, which is also a negative correlation. When you look at where they're drafted, though, the biggest by a mile is age. So nobody wants to touch old quarterbacks. And fair enough, because that is a big negative. But interestingly enough, the next biggest thing that people look for in a quarterback is three cone, which is negatively correlated to success. It doesn't matter. Then broad jump, then 40, then weight, which has no correlation, height, no correlation, whatever. So we'll kind of skip by that one because, again, I don't know that this actually matters a ton. Obviously, when it comes to being a quarterback, a lot of it has more to do with, you know, throwing a football. But again, always remember, age is a very important metric. All right, that brings us to um, running back. And it's funny, I I wish there was some visuals and maybe I can put this together somewhere else or you could try to find it. But it's interesting when you look at it because there, there's a graph, right? It's a, it's a bar chart, I guess. And so you've got in red the value that each of these things brings, and then in blue, draft position, how much these things impact. And the blue bars are all massive, right? There's these giant blue bars. The red bars are basically non-existent. They don't matter, and, most, and, and many of them are negative. There's a negative core. So in other words, it's just there, there's no impact to any of these drills, essentially except one for running back that has that kind of moves the needle at all. But when you look at what moves the needle for draft position, so just out of the way that Kevin Cole did it is a, it's a scale from zero to seven. The biggest red bar, which is actual productivity, is just above a two. The next highest red bar is not even halfway to one. The smallest blue bars, which is how much NFL teams care and, and pull the lever for it, is a one. That's the smallest. And it goes all the way up past a seven when it comes to 40 time. Teams lose their freaking minds about 40 time. So let's go through each of these. For weight, teams care all the way up to almost a three. 
there is a negative correlation between weight and NFL success. I'm willing to concede that negative might just mean it doesn't matter, but I kind of think that there's something to that, especially since it is the biggest negative correlation. And if you think about it, what does weight do? You know, we think about weight like A.J. Dillon in terms of like the ability to have extra power, but it also probably negatively affects some of the other things that matter. And for example, I'll, I'll, ju- I'll just cut to the chase here. The most important one, in fact, probably the only metric that matters as far as what they do at the combine for running backs is three cone. Do you think that weight might negatively impact your ability to do a three cone drill, your agility? Probably. So weight negatively impacts your ability or, or your, um, well, athleticism, your ability to do the things that matter more. But teams, man, they love that. They, they love when you're bigger running backs. And again, negative correlation. So teams are stupid. 10-yard split does have uh, some movement as far as when teams will draft you. There is an over one. By the way, the the way that this chart is listed out, if it's driving you nuts because you'd love to know, running back speed overvalued in the draft, agility, the real value. And it says predicted percentile change per attribute standard deviation, Z-score, combined participants 2006 to 2020. So now you know. The 10-yard split, again, teams, it moves the needle above a one. Now, remember, there's only one thing that matters at all over a one in terms of the attributes effect. Teams will move the needle quite a bit if you have a decent 10-yard split. There's technically a negative correlation, but it's basically zero. It doesn't matter. Then there's 40 time. Teams lose their freaking mind over 40 time. Over a seven. Seven. Nothing will boost your draft stock more than running a fast 40 time. And it's so funny because even as fans, you know, we look at it and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we, we do that thing where we're like smarter than everybody else. We're like, this doesn't actually matter. You know, it's like the actually police. But in reality, it's true. And we all know it. Right. It's like, just leave me alone. Let me enjoy it. Yes, I know the 40 time doesn't actually matter that much. But the funny thing is, teams apparently don't know that. And they'll pretend that they know. But apparently they don't. And, and again, I don't think it's necessarily a correlation with how fast they run in the 40. I just think it's a correlation with how fast they are, period. In other words, the 40 doesn't move the needle only because they already know that they're fast and they draft them because they're fast. But regardless, how fast you run in the 40 has an unbelievably high correlation to how high you go in the draft. And the reality is there is a slightly negative correlation. And again, we can just say there's no correlation if you want. That's fine. If you want to say it's within the standard of margin of just saying it, it basically has no effect, that's fine. But again, there can be negatives to this. Let me just use the example I've been saying for a while, and that's Jalen Wright. My note on Jalen Wright, and I bring him up because he's all anybody wants to talk about. When I went back and looked at it, because I saw everybody was talking about him, I went back and looked, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, he's really fast. And I, I basically wrote in there, I'm not going to go back and look it up, but it was, um, he has breakaway speed, but is essentially useless outside of that. I mean, the guy is really fast, but he doesn't break tackles. He doesn't have great vision. And you start to think, like, how could a really fast 40 time possibly even negatively impact you? Well, number one could just be like, what are the the prototypes of guys that run in the like four threes? Well, they might be sort of smaller guys or or whatever the case may be. I don't know. But something else to consider is, is what is actually important. There's agility. Well, it's really hard to, you know, go left and right when you're going fast. This is why guys like wide receivers that run really fast aren't necessarily always the fastest or the, the best in terms of agility. It's just more difficult to, for example, run a comeback route 
when you're running 23 miles an hour compared to like 18 miles an hour. I mean, it's an exaggeration, but you understand what I'm saying. So to be able to have the patience and vision while also running faster than everybody else, it's it's a much harder attribute. So, and and, and the other thing I said about, um, I think his name is Jalen Wright, whatever his name is, the, the Tennessee running back. How often do you actually get a wide open hole to burst through for where you can run 80 yards? That's almost never, almost never, maybe one time a game. Usually when Aaron Jones breaks a run, it's something that he did. It's not because there's this wide open hole. That, that just doesn't happen. So yeah, you see that happen in college where they run through these gaping holes and then they break 80-yard runs. Congratulations. That's not going to happen in the NFL. Maybe some teams that have really good offensive lines, but not in Green Bay. Very rarely are you ever going to see that. So what does it actually matter? And then, then when you figure if there is a gaping hole, like Aaron Jones can run through that too. Now, maybe he gets caught from behind and the other guy doesn't. And, you know, it's the difference between like a 40-yard run and a 60-yard run, which obviously is a different, a diff, uh, create a difference. But what about the, the 20 or 30 other carries that, you know, that the guys are going to have or the 100 carries that they're going to have over the course of a, of a season that aren't big breakaway runs? So 40 time at best doesn't matter at all. And teams overvalue it massively. Then you've got broad jump, and broad jump is a little bit, broad and vert are almost identical. There is a slight, slight positive correlation, just as much as 40 is negative. So if 40, you're going to say, has no correlation, then broad and vertical also have no correlation. They're slightly below, I guess you would say about 0.5. Teams have them right at a one. So they still overvalue it, but they kind of don't care. Teams don't care that much. It's actually the lowest. It's what teams care about the least, the broad and the vert. And, and there is very little correlation. So that's, that's about on par. Um, I'm going to skip three cone and go to shuttle. Shuttle is another one. Teams really care about the shuttle. Teams have it above a three. Remember, this is out of seven, and most of these have almost no cor- correlation. I mean, it's, it's not even halfway to a one for any of them except one drill. Teams care at a three. The shuttle is at like a 0.1. It's, it's zero correlation. There is no correlation between how well you run the short shuttle and your success in the NFL. Zero. But teams look at that. So the, the biggest one is 40 time is a seven. Then you've got three and a half for a shuttle. Then weight is two and a half. Then uh, three cone is about a two. Then you got the 10 yard split, the broad, and then the vertical are the least. And for every single one of those, aside from three cone, there's no correlation whatsoever. And for technically three of them, there's, there's a negative correlation. Weight, 10 yard split, and 40. But for most of them, you could, you could basically say the, the effect is negligible. We can call it zero. The only one that actually matters, and it matters significantly, is three cone. Just to give you some perspective, the next highest correlation is broad and vert. And it's about, a let's say, a, a 0.25. Three cone is 2.5. There is a pretty high correlation between three cone and running back ability. And teams actually undervalue it. Their value is less than a two. So the only metric that matters, teams just don't really care about as much. They care about weight, shuttle, and significantly more about 40 time. So the bottom line is, according to data from 2006 to 2020, the only metric that matters at all, if you want to you know, draw a line between what the, the success of the drills and the success of the, the players in the future is three cone, that's it. So if one guy has a slightly better three cone, and runs a 4-6, and the other guy has a slightly worse three-cone, and runs a 4-2. Guess which running back <laughs> is, is uh, I'm betting on? The one with a slightly better three-cone, despite a significantly faster 40-time. Because again, the 40-time 
has a negative correlation, if any at all. So it, it's, it's irrelevant to me. So even a slightly better three cone puts them ahead. The only ones that might possibly move the needle would be broad jump or vert, and they're basically no correlation. Anyways, now that we laid the foundation, I want to pick up the pace a little bit. Um, wide receiver, very similar, right? So there are three metrics that teams massively care about. It's weight, arm length, and 40 time. Weight is the biggest one. That's above a seven. Then 40 time is about a six and a half. And then arm length is about, you know, almost five and a half. The next highest of any metric is how much teams care about three cone. And then it's how much teams care about the short shuttle. We haven't even reached the point of showing how much these metrics care or matter for wide receivers. Because basically it's that none of them really matter. The highest of any correlation for wide receivers is 40 time. And it's at a one, which is to say it's marginal but it matters. Teams still massively overvalue it. Again, the the correlation is actually at a one. Teams care at a 6.5. The next highest that matters is 10-yard split and weight. It's at about a 0.5. Teams care about weight at a seven. Then, uh, and and as far as the 10-yard split, teams care at about a one. So that's that's about right. But the only reason it's about right is because teams don't really care. And that's right because it doesn't matter that much. But the two biggest discrepancies are weight and arm length. Teams care at a 7, and it's at about a 0.5. Arm length, teams care at above a 5, and it's at about 0.25. Again, the only thing that kind of matters is 40 time. Weight is 0.5. 10-yard split is at about 0.5. Arm length is is negligible. Shuttle is at 0. No impact. 3-cone has a negative impact. Vert, negative. Broad, negative. And hand size, negative. Again, You don't have to view it as negative. If you want to just say it doesn't matter, that's fine. But you cannot say that it matters because there's no data whatsoever that shows that it matters. There's zero correlation between three cone vert, broad jump, 10 yard split, arm length, hand size, or weight. The only one that kind of matters and barely is 40 time. And teams overvalue weight, hand size, arm length, 10 yard split, 40, vert, three cone, and short shuttle. There is a negative correlation, actually, between how much teams value broad jump, and that's the only thing they do right, because there is a slight negative correlation. And just to be clear, the three cone for running backs was at about a 2.5. That actually does move the needle. 40 time is the most uh, the correlation for wide receiver, and it's at a one. So it's really not that much. Tight ends. The biggest, again, is 40 time. There is al- There is a positive correlation, but it's almost zero. It's funny because tight ends, it almost doesn't matter. The, the highest on this chart it goes up to is two. And only one of these metrics go above a two. At, at two and a half, probably almost a three, is where teams value 40 time for tight ends. There's no correlation between 40 time and how good a tight end is. The next most teams care about is broad jump. It's at about a 1.5. That is the highest negative correlation for tight ends. Doesn't matter. Then there's about a four-way time a tie for as far as what teams care about between weight, arm length, three cone, and shuttle. Arm length, no correlation. Shuttle, almost no correlation. Three cone is about 0.5. The biggest one is weight. And again, it's at about a one. So if you want to know what matters most for tight ends as far as success, it's how heavy they are. Stupid, right? But I'm just saying, that's it. And and teams weight that appropriately. They, they, they care about a one you know, attribute effect or whatever, whatever you call that. Everything else is kind of nonsense. There is no correlation to negative correlation. That The next one that, that at least moves the needle a little bit is three cone, and that's at 0.5. It really does not matter. 
Then there's offensive tackle. In this one, there's actually quite a few that are at least above a one as far as what actually matters. And teams generally get this right. There's nothing super crazy about it. So first of all, you have weight. Teams actually want lighter tackle. So there's a negative correlation between how heavy a tackle is and what uh, teams are looking for. And there actually is a slight positive correlation, but they're both negligible, so I doubt it matters that much. Next is arm length, which, which is actually hilarious, and it's the opposite of what I think we would all expect. We all would expect that there's really not that big of a correlation and teams overvalue it. In reality, it's the opposite. Teams care at about a one. The value of arm length is at almost a two. 10-yard split is overvalued a little bit. It's at about 1.5. The, the value is at about 0.5. 40 time does matter. That's at 1.5 for a tackle. That's one of the higher metrics for any of the things that we've talked about, and it's for a tackle. Now, we all know that, that you know, mobility and whatnot matters, but for, for 40 time to correlate higher than things like wide receiver and running back is kind of crazy, but it does. But teams still overvalue it. They value it at over a three. So 40 time matters, but not as much as the NFL thinks. Then there's broad jump. Teams care at about a one. There's a negative correlation. Broad jump is a useless thing. <laughs> like everything is negative for broad jump. Um, the vert, the NFL gets about right. They're both at about a two, the value and what teams value them at. Three cone, the NFL gets right. That's at just above a one. Teams have it just above a one. And then shuttle is almost a one and teams have it just about over a one. So so again, th- there's a lot of things that actually, you know, if we, if we put one as sort of the baseline, if it gets to one, it kind of matters. Um, arm length matters, 40 time matters, vert matters, three cone matters, and then shuttle and 10 yard split are somewhere between a half and, and at a one. So, so these things actually do matter for tackles, the athletic testing and teams actually get it very close to being right. I mean, arm length, um, vert three cone and shuttle, the, the NFL is pretty close to getting right 40 time and 10 yard split. They overvalue a little bit, but it's still relatively close. Um, interior offensive line is a disaster though. It's interesting how different it is because teams massively overvalue certain attributes, and um, a lot of these things do not matter unlike tackle. So the only thing they kind of get right is three cone. It does matter for interior guys. It's at about a 1.5. Teams actually undervalue it a little bit, but it's basically 1.5. The other one that matters uh, kind of a lot is short shuttle for interior. That's at about a 1.5, but teams still overvalue it. They have that over a three. Aside from that, the only metric that has a positive correlation is the 40 time, and it's under a one. Teams put that above a three. They care way too much about 40 time. The the biggest disasters, all well, the other ones that are kind of right, 10-yard split, broad jump, and vert have negative correlations for both how successful and how teams view it. So they got that right. The biggest disasters are weight and arm length. There's actually a negative correlation between weight and arm length for interior. So the bottom line is, if they have short arms, they should go interior. And I know David Bakhtiari hates that, and there's a lot of success stories, and I get all that. But the bottom line is, there is a strong positive correlation between arm length and tackle success, and there is an inverse relationship between arm length and guard and center success. So if they have short arms, kick them inside. That's the bottom line. However, teams care most about weight, which actually has a negative correlation. Teams care at a four, it's like, well, it's, it's negative. And then arm length, teams care a lot, and there's a negative correlation there. So teams are most wrong about weight and arm length. The ones that matter most, three cone and shuttle. Anyways, why don't we take a break? Uh, we'll come back and take a look at the defensive side and uh, what metrics we should be looking at there. Um, also take a look at what's actually going on. We'll revisit the schedule so we can kind of um, see what's, uh, what's coming up and whatnot. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. 
The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So once again, to revisit the schedule, um, obviously for all of you, Wednesday has come and gone. So it is officially Thursday, which means defensive line and linebacker. So we got D, D tackles, defensive ends, edge rushers, and linebackers that are all going to be doing measurements and on-field workouts. So height, weight, 40, all that good stuff. So that'll be cool. And I'm also hoping to um, kind of actually build out what we're talking about here so that I can input the measurements and kind of actually get a quantifiable, like how how good these players are based on their on-field metrics, looking at what actually matters. It's like a, it's kind of like RAS, but rather than just saying, how athletic are they and assuming athleticism equals good, actually quantifying how good these things are, et cetera, et cetera. But um, so today, measurements and on-field workout for that group. The DBs and tight ends will be doing their ortho exam, media interviews, NFLPA meetings, and team interviews. Running backs, quarterbacks, and wideouts will be doing their medical exams, the pre-ordered studies and broadcast interviews, and then offensive line and special teams will be doing their pre-exam, NFLPA meetings, and team interviews. And so then... Um, Friday will be DBs and tight ends doing their uh, workouts. Saturday will be running back, quarterback, wideouts. And then Sunday will be offensive line special teams doing measurements and on-field workouts. By the way, the, the next day, so after measurements and on-field workouts, you've got bench press, broadcast interviews, and uh, leaving Indianapolis. So I don't know if anybody actually cares about that. But for example, tomorrow, Friday, 
you'll have the defensive line and linebackers doing the bench press and stuff. So that'll be the final thing on Monday, March 4th, offensive line and special teams will be doing bench press and then they're, they're heading out. So between today and um, Monday, we've got the combine and all that kind of stuff. It It is worth mentioning, by the way, um, the bench isn't even listed here. <laughs> you may have noticed. It's weight, arm length, 10-yard split, 40, broad jump, vert, three cone, and shuttle. I think it's just kind of assumed that bench press is useless. All right, let's look at interior defenders. So this is interior defensive line, defensive tackles, whatever. Let's just get started with what matters most. And it's probably the only thing that matters in, in terms of if you actually want to see some something that moves the needle, and it's three cone. The interesting thing about this is the NFL doesn't care about anything when it comes to defensive tackles. The only thing that moves the needle in terms of their draft position is weight, which has a massively negative correlation. This is probably the biggest negative correlation I've seen at about a negative four, which makes sense. The 340-pound defensive tackles are not the ones that are making waves. It's the 390-pound pass rushers. It's the Aaron Donalds. But the NFL, of course, uh, has a positive correlation between weight at almost a two. So that's the one they get wrong more than just about anything else. Um, In fact, this chart is titled, Small Agile Interior Defenders Add the Most Early Career Value. The other thing that matters for defensive tackles is the shuttle, which, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? So here, here are all the things that kind of matter. Three cone is massive. Shuttle is above a one. Then you've got broad jump a little bit. 40 time is at, at about a one kind of matters. Don't you think weight would negatively impact all these things? You think a 340 pound guy is just going to crush the three cone? No, of course he's not. But those are the things that matter. Three cone, agility. The three-cone and the shuttle matter the most. Agility is what matters for defensive linemen, not big, heavy dudes, big bone fellas. So the NFL massively undervalues the three-cone. It gets the 40 and the shuttle about right and is way off on vert and weight. Big negative correlation between weight. They overvalue it. There's also a relatively sizable negative correlation between the vert and uh, the NFL kind of values that as well. So three-cone and shuttle, that's it. Also, smaller is better. Now, I do wonder a little bit about, you know, I'm trying to project out a little bit because I, I can't assume that because there's a negative correlation that the smaller the better into infinity, right? Like a 120 pound guy would be the best. So there's got to be some parameters in there. I'm just not sure. I'm sure math people would be like, yeah, this is how it works. But I'm, I'm just trying to think through it myself. Because obviously those, you know, 120 pound guys don't get drafted. So maybe within the, maybe, maybe it just solves itself. I don't know. But I just feel like there'd be an issue where you get a massively undersized guy that if you were to build a model would be super, um, I mean, it just, it wouldn't work in that case, I guess. Uh, there, there are actually, uh, there is actually a second chart here. Um, I haven't really gone over it very much, but since we seem to be fine on time, um, it kind of goes through the top historical combine war prediction for interior defenders. And so, for example, it kind of looks at some of the guys here and on a plus or minus scale, J.J. Watt like broke the scale. And what did he excel at? It was three cone. He dominated the three cone. You know what else I wonder about? I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. So if any uh, data people are listening, you can kind of think through this with me. I wonder if there is, for example, a general... In other words, it's not necessarily that weight has an inverse correlation. It's that as weight increases, it negatively impacts your ability to do the things that matter. 
Meaning, as if I were just moving a scale, if I were to drag weight up, three cone would naturally come down, right? And that in and of, that is the negative. Not so much that the weight is higher. Obviously, weight is not going to negatively impact anything. That's silly. And it's why the NFL wants higher weights. They, they like that. It's, it's good. The reason I ask is because what if you had a 320-pound guy that dominated the three cone? Would you really dock them? Or would that be an additional positive? So, for example, let's say you got a guy like Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell would probably get negatively impacted. Um, well, actually, he's he's more of an ed. Uh, I'm trying to think of a different example. Who's a big dude that did really well? I don't know. But let's just say you had a 320 pound guy, and he did a sub seven three cone. Would you dock him because he's 320, or would it be an additional benefit because not only is he running the three cone in a sub seven, but he, he's doing it at 320 pounds. And so the weight actually is a positive. And so there should be almost like a, a controlling thing where three cone matters. The, so I, I, I almost wonder if you could run this again, where you start with three cone and then you put guys in categories. So for example, if you run a between a, a six, nine and a seven, three cone, and then you adjust for the weight. Guys that ran in that range, was there a positive or negative correlation when you control for three cone? I wonder if it would suddenly have a positive correlation. I bet it would. In other words, weight is not the enemy. It's just, it causes you to not be able to do the things. But if you're an athletic freak and you can do the things and you happen to be really big, that's a benefit. I bet it is. But that's why I don't really want to touch the negatives as much. I want to focus on what are the positives and then kind of hammer... These, these are the things that matter. So if you're a big defensive tackle and you have a bad three cone, I don't like it. If you're a big defensive tackle, you have a positive three cone, I'm interested. Because all I actually care about is how's your three cone and your shuttle, your, your agility. Anyways, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. But I think for moving forward, as far as how I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking less about the negatives and more about what are the positives. Same for like running back, for example, right? The size technically has a negative impact, as does 40 time. Very slight, but but it's there. But I think what would be better is find out what are the positives, find the guys that have those, and then isolate those guys. And then of that group, the bigger and faster, the better. Because you've already proven you have the agility. So the, the size and the speed aren't necessarily negative. So now that we've controlled for that, we just want to find the biggest and the fastest. Maybe. I don't know. It's kind of where my head's at right now. All right, anyways, moving on to edge rushers. Very similar, although it's a little bit more about explosion, which makes sense. And I've heard about this before because it's about boom off the line, right? So 10-yard split and vert, those types of things, right? How, how, how explosive are you? And then your, your short area speed. So actually a very high correlation between vert and edge rusher, which again, makes sense. And it, by the way, it's kind of why I like guys like Chop Robinson. Because when you watch him off the line, he just, the zero to 60 is crazy. So uh, the most important is vert, and that's about a three and a half. That's huge, right? Almost, there's almost nothing that's that high as far as um, correlate. I think running back uh, three cone was like that or whatever, but that's a big one. The next highest is the 10 yard split. That's over a two. So that's speed, but it's short area speed, right? I don't care how fast you are 40 yards down the field. I care about how quickly you go from zero to 60, which makes sense when you think about what an edge rusher does. The crazy thing is teams don't care. I mean, I, I don't understand this. There is no correlation between a edge rusher's vert and how high they go in the draft. 
And there is a negative correlation, which is crazy because everybody knows this. This is common knowledge. I remember Jake was just talking about this, the 10-yard splits with edge rushers. There's a negative correlation between 10-yard splits. It's the only negative correlation between a, a, a drill and draft position is 10-yard split, and that is the second most important. You want to take a wild guess what teams care about most? It's freaking 40 time. Good Lord. But anyways, vert and 10-yard split are the biggest. Uh, the next is short shuttle, so we're back to agility. That's over a one, so it's still pretty big. Then arm length, which makes sense. We talk about that all the time. Your, your ability to you know engage and disengage and keep offensive tackles off you and whatnot, that's at a one. So there's some decent correlation there. Actually, I'm wrong. 40 is slightly higher than that. Then arm length. Then three cone, which is about halfway between zero and one, probably pretty negligible. And then a massive negative correlation with weight. And again, I'm going to think about that the same way. I think generally what happens is as weight goes down, things like three cone, things like vert, these things tend to go up. Maybe, I don't know about vert, but whatever. 40 time, all these positive things tend to go up. Maybe not arm length. However, if you crush the vert and the short shuttle and the 10 yard split and you happen to be like, 275 pounds, I'm all in. But looking at what teams care about, 40 time is at a five, right? If you run a, a, and listen, I understand it's hard to pass up when you have a 255 pound or 250 pound edge rusher that runs a four, four flat. It's so hard to ignore that. Like, oh my, I can't believe such an athletic freak. And there is some correlation between 40 and value, but it's just, they overvalue it, right? Like if, if, if you're, I forgot who they were talking about. It might be Chop Robinson. Somebody was talking about how I thought they said Micah ran like a 4.39 and Chop might be faster or as fast or something. It's going to be nearly impossible for a guy that's, you know, again, let's say 245 and runs like a 4.4 or, or heaven forbid runs in the 4.3. You're not getting out of the first round. Like it's not happening. But the point is, I, I think teams need to smarten up and just recognize, like, yes, there's that, that matters a little bit, but that's not the biggest thing. Like, how did they perform on the vert? It might not be as sexy as the 40, but that's that matters significantly more. So they overvalue 40, although it does matter. The next thing they care about is the broad jump, which is kind of hilarious because broad and vert both measure explosion. The NFL cares about broad jump. What actually matters is the vert. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. There's a negative correlation with broad jump. Teams care at a 2.5. The vert, again, 3.5. It matters very much. Teams care almost not at all, not even to 0.5. Three cone is, is about right. It, it barely matters. Teams barely care. The shuttle is at about a 1.5. Teams care at about a, almost a 1, so that's pretty close. Arm length is pretty close. Teams care a little bit too much, but it's about right. And then weight, again, is, is obviously another huge disparity, about the same as a 40, although... There is a positive 1.5 correlation between draft position and weight. There is a negative 2.5 correlation between value and weight. So what do you care about? Watch the vert, watch the 10-yard split, and then shuttle, and then maybe arm length and, and 40 a little bit. But vert is the Mac Daddy of edge rusher stats. They got another... Um, historical combine war predictions or whatever. In other words, if we apply the predictions based on our metrics, who would do best on this plus or minus metric? But you got like Nolan Smith, right? Nolan Smith ran a 4.3940. Crazy fast. He got picked at pick 30. He had a, a, a really solid vert and a really good 40. He went early. He went in the first round. Based on these metrics, he would have had a negative 3.8. In other words, not very good. The guys that would grade really high 
on these metrics based on you know looking at what actually matters. Um, the second highest one of I mean off the charts compared to the rest of these guys, Khalil Mack. He had a 59.4. The next highest, Von Miller at a 68.4. So if you focus on the, the drills that matter, these two guys did the best. Now, granted, they went two and five, but you also got guys that went eight like Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley has not been all that great, and that was somewhat predictable. He was only at a 4.7. Then you got off-ball linebacker, and this one is just wild because basically nothing matters for linebackers. Not a freaking thing, but the NFL cares about everything. The highest positive correlation for a linebacker is three-cone, and it's not even to a 0.5. It doesn't, nothing matters. Nothing is to a one or a negative one. The, 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 the closest to either would be weight with a negative correlation of probably like a negative 0.9. But teams care about everything. The vert, it's at about a 1.5 as far as how much it affects draft position. 10-yard split is at about a 2.5. The 40 is at about almost a 3. Arm length, teams care at almost a 3.5. The short shuttle, teams care at a 4. And then weight is above a 7. Teams apparently love heavy linebackers. But the bottom line is there is almost no correlation between any of these drills and how good a linebacker is going to be. It's useless. So just remember that when Peyton Wilson destroys the combine. Doesn't matter. Because there's no correlation. I mean, literally a zero correlation between 40 and success. Negative correlation between broad jump and success, weight and success, arm length, 10-yard split, uh, vert is a zero, three-cone and short shuttle, no correlation, zero, nothing, nada. In fact, this paragraph here says, linebacker has the weakest signal for NFL value from combine drills and measurements, but they do play an outsized role in determining draft position. He says, I wouldn't recommend fading athleticism at the position, but perhaps don't greatly adjust your big board after surprising results. So th- listen, the bottom line is watch how they play. That the, if you, if you want to pick a position where tape is the most important thing, and I'm not talking about watch tape to see how athletic they are. I'm talking about watch to see how good of a football player they are. If you just want to focus on how much you like it. Uh, and, and listen, if you like Peyton Wilson based on how he plays, great. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you to not love Peyton Wilson. I'm just saying, look at how good these players are. You know, look, I mean, if, if you want to judge a guy based on just stats, I mean, I guess linebacker would be the one, but go watch, go watch the tape and don't worry about anything else. Linebacker would be the one to do that. You, I mean, if you, if you watch a guy and you really like him, it's like, oh man, but he ran a four, six and da, 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 da. doesn't matter. Doesn't freaking matter. If you like him, stick with him. That's all I can tell you. And then uh, safety does at least have something that matters. But again, a lot of just wild swings from the NFL. So the only drill that really matters is the short shuttle when it comes to safety. That's over a one, but not even to one and a half. Otherwise, weight has almost no correlation. Arm length has no correlation. 10-yard split has a negative correlation. 40 time, not even, not even to a 0.5. Broad jump is negative. Vert is negative. Three cone is negative. And then again, short shuttle is about 1.5 or 1.25, I guess. So that's the only thing that matters. Nothing else matters. The NFL, though, cares a lot about a lot of stuff. Broad jump is at about a one. Vert is at about a one. Three cone is at about a one. Shuttle, they have at about a two. Weight, they have above a two. Arm length, they have at about 2.5. And 40 time, of course, is at a three. And these things just don't really matter. Now, there is a little bit of nuance here. Read into these paragraphs. I should have been doing that all along. But it says, I wasn't surprised to see little signal for safeties from combine measurements and drills. But digging into run-pass splits illuminates things a little bit. 
If you only look at effect on run value, so your ability to stop the run, size and speed do matter. So the NFL does care about weight and 40, and you're probably giving them too much credit if you're saying that's because they they really just want guys that can stop the run. It says, while coverage is more difficult to pin down beyond short, subtle, uh, the short shuttle's significance. So being able to stop the run, um, you're looking at weight and 40 time. Otherwise, the only thing that matters really in terms of success is the short shuttle. So three cone, the vert, the broad jump, arm length, 10 yard split. There's, there's just nothing, nothing of value there. It says bigger safeties are more likely to at least uh, to be at least a moderate producer in the NFL as run defenders, but won't necessarily hit the higher end coverage outcomes needed to be a top producer at the position. The combination of the difficult projecting coverage value into the NFL and the position's availability in free agency makes makes it risky to spend a high pick on a safety prospect. So it's really hard to project, and typically you've got relatively cheap safeties that have been able to produce, uh, prove their worth available. So I guess that's more or less the point there. Cornerbacks. I'm actually very surprised to see this. There's nothing, not a single thing. And maybe this is why the Packers getting guys with high 40 times doesn't mean, I mean, it, it is so, sort of shocking, but weight, negative correlation, arm, negative correlation, 10 yard split, zero, 40 time, negative correlation, broad jump, negative, vert, slightly positive, but basically nothing. Three cone, negative, shuttle, negative. Basically, nothing matters. There is no correlation anywhere at any drill for corners that has been able to demonstrate that it has a correlation with success in the NFL. It says there isn't a lot to uh, to get from the combine from cornerbacks, and it looks like the measurements and drills are mostly overrated. It's not that athleticism doesn't matter at the position, but that so many cornerbacks are elite athletes often the best athletes on the team, that the difference in performance go beyond what can be measured. So I, I guess that's kind of similar in terms of like there's sort of a self-contained control in that, you know, 40 time would probably matter if we just looked at all human beings on planet Earth, right? And then there would be a significantly higher correlation between 40 time and success. But we're talking about NFL cornerbacks, all of which are within a certain framework of athleticism. There's no corners getting drafted that run a 4-7. And so when you look at guys that run a 4-3-5 compared to guys that maybe run like a 4-5, there generally just isn't that, you know, we're, we're talking about guys that are hyper-athletic and that, that little bit of variance in speed and that little bit of variance in vert and three-cone and everything else doesn't really show, it doesn't seem to move the needle from the high side to the low side of where cornerbacks fall that are starters in the NFL. And that's, that's the other thing to, to keep in mind. I'm, I'm guessing they're not looking at, maybe they are, but I'm guessing they're not looking at guys that did not even play in the NFL, which I think they should, because not playing is is significant and, and might impact these things, right? If there is a corner that runs like a 4-7 and uh, they go on to either not be drafted or um, are undrafted free agents that never even start, I mean, that, that obviously that would play into it. And maybe they are, I don't know. But I, I if I was doing the test, I would certainly look at that. But again, it, it seems silly to think that none of this matters for corners, but I, I guess the better way to say it is athleticism matters, but they're all athletic. So which one is the most athletic has not shown any correlation, right? The, the guy that runs a 4-2-5, that's congratulations, but that doesn't really mean anything. In fact, there is a negative correlation. However, how much does the NFL care? Uh, I, guess it, I guess it's not a ton because the scale is only out of two, but the shuttle is at about probably a three. 40 in arm length is at a two. Three cone is at one and a half. The NFL cares, right? And and they shouldn't because it just doesn't really matter. 
It matters insofar as we already have our NFL parameters where we don't really draft guys outside of these parameters. And so the bottom line is, if you're here, you're probably talented enough. And so similar to linebacker, it really should just come down to how good of a player are you, right? Well, this guy runs a, a 4-4-9, this guy runs a 4-3-9. Don't care how, how uh, you know, let's, let's focus on their technique, let's focus on this and that and the other thing. Let's focus on the intangibles or whatever. But anyways, that's what we got. And, and again, I know this is a lot of just kind of throwing stuff at you and whatnot, but I, I will further distill this down so it's not just kind of all over the place. Um, as they go through the drills, we'll kind of go through it, and uh, we'll bring these back up. So we'll have you know defensive tackles, uh, defensive ends going through these drills. And um, I'll see if I can come up with something in, by, by way of you know quantifying this properly. But if not, we'll still look at it and um, bring back up what the important drills are and how guys did in that drill and look at that historically and whatnot. So that'll be... On the docket for tomorrow um, will be the plan. So anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye.